It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Good morning. Good morning. Temperatures now hovering around 54 degrees. It's going to be a chilly start, but before you know it, it's going to warm up to about 70 today. It's going to be a beautiful day for the little game here in downtown Atlanta. It's the SEC Championship. It's a Bulldogs day. The Bulldogs and the Crimson Tide battle it out at 4 o'clock. And, of course, we are your home of the dogs, so we've got the pregame and the tailgate, all of that beginning for you at noon. But we're going to rewind even a little sooner than that. Mark Aram is already up and at him. He and the Bananas will be broadcasting live from the College Football Hall of Fame as I go off the air beginning at 9 o'clock, 9 to noon, and he'll take your calls on anything game day, Bulldogs-related, and uh, and we'll get there. And I'll stay on with, with him for just a little bit to talk about my time at Georgia and my time with the Athletic Association. Definitely one of the loudest cheerers for your Bulldogs today. 404-872-0750. So it's also a special day because I have a fun interview for all of you. You know, I talked about getting scholarships for different things. You know, usually you start thinking about that in high school, kind of going into that panic mode, like I'm going to college. I need some money. I need some scholarships. Bonnie Plants, which a lot of you are very familiar with. They're one of the largest growers of vegetable and herbs in the United States based in Alabama, that that state next door. Um, they do a contest. It's the third grade cabbage program. And this year, nearly 200,000 third graders in 48 states got hands-on gardening experience growing colossal cabbages. And one student from each state was awarded a $1,000 scholarship. And when you know it, I have with me this morning the winner of the scholarship and the winner for our entire state of Georgia, Addie Lefebvre. Hey, Addie, good morning. Good morning. I am so proud to have you on Green and Growing with me. And I saw that you are a student at Holly Springs Elementary School, which is super cool because that's really close to my house. And you've got your dad, Daniel, with you. Daniel, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is so much fun. I'm so proud of you. Congratulations. And I just knew you being in third grade and having this much success growing cabbage and as large as you grew this cabbage, you'd be able to help folks out. So... I have a picture of you with the cabbage on my Facebook page so folks can see your pretty face and your huge cabbage if they go to Facebook and search Green and Growing WSB. Addie, you got to tell us, how big was that thing? How much did that weigh? 20 pounds. Whoa! And how long did it take to get that big? Do you remember from the time you planted the seed to the time you harvested it? My gosh. Oh, no, like, what, three or four months? Three or four months. Something like that? That seems kind of quick. That's really good. And now, so you grew it outside. I guess you grew it at your parents' house, maybe in the backyard or something, right? In the front yard. Okay. And how often, I'm sure, because you wanted to win this contest. So how often did you go out and check on that? Did it require you looking at it every day or maybe every other day? Um, maybe every day. Yeah. Oh, that was a serious project for sure. So... I want to ask you, Addie, was this something that you did on your own and you got the seed and you started it? Or did you have a teacher that encouraged an entire class to do it? Um, the, what? The, the whole class, right? The whole class. So every everybody got a seed back in the beginning? Yes. Okay. And then what did your teacher tell you to do with it? She said to get to go home and plant it. 
Nice. And then just kind of keep her up to date as it was starting to grow, right? Mm, yes, ma'am. Nice. And what's your teacher's name at Holly Springs Elementary? Miss Danley. Now, is she a science teacher? Is that the class you did it for? No. Okay. So I think she was just general ed, I think. Okay. What a cool lesson plan. And Dad, Daniel, I got to ask you, what was you and Mom's involvement in, in this? Or was it pretty much Addie just hands-on learning her way? I uh, know we helped her out a little bit. The, the funny thing is, obviously, we didn't really expect it to turn out to be much <laughs> of anything. So we live in a subdivision, so we don't really have much garden space. And so we planted in a pot in the, in the beginning just to buy us some time. And then as it started growing, we realized we needed to find a spot for it. So, uh, so we planted it in our front yard. And uh, luckily, the HOA didn't say anything about it. No, and it was well worth it, too, because it won a contest for sure. So how much gardening knowledge did your family have prior to this? Would you all consider yourselves green thumbs or not really? Um, her mom's a green thumb when it comes to plants, you know, in the house, house plants and stuff. And, and when I was a kid, we did a lot of gardening. But other than that, we, we haven't done much over the years. This is the first thing Addie's grown. Now, are you shocked? I mean, I don't want to take words out of your mouth and say that it was easy, but she certainly made it look easy. So were you surprised at how easy that was to just start something so simple from seed? Yes. I mean, like, it it starts off as a little seed, and then lo and behold, you have a 20-pound cabbage. Girl, you did a great job. Now, I want to ask you, Addie, too, you know, maybe your teacher kind of gave you a heads up, or in talking with mom and dad, you kind of had to know what to look out for. So one of the things that gardeners are most afraid of is pests, some kind of insects and things that want to eat the fruit and the vegetables before you're even able to eat them. So did you have to look out for bugs? And if you saw any, what did you do? Um, what's this stuff called? Oh, seven dust. We used seven dust mm-hmm. on the leaves. And every time it rained, we would put the seven dust back on it. Yeah, because the rain washes it off, right? Yes. So, I mean, yours looks really good. There's there's something called a cabbage looper, and that's a bug that's kind of a worm that you don't want. He starts to eat the leaves, and you can see the holes in the leaves when when you've got that guy present. So you didn't see any of that, did you? I did see them. Oh, and you you got to them, though. Good. Okay, so now that you've had success with cabbage, are you excited to maybe try to grow anything else, or are you going to give it a break? I don't know. Because <laughs> tomato plants are super easy. Have y'all ever grown tomato plants before? I think we tried some in a bucket a couple, a couple years ago. So yeah. she, she's thinking she probably remembers those. Oh, I think that might be your next venture because you can get huge tomatoes too. Okay, now I got to ask, seeing this 20-pound cabbage that's almost as big as you, Addie, is it edible? Were y'all able to eat it or what do you do with it now that it's grown? Uh, we can eat it. You can. We've already eat. We've already cooked some of the cabbage. Awesome. And Dad, what did what did we make with cabbage? Um, so we just we just roasted it in the oven, uh, a little olive oil and some some uh, uh, seasonings. But we 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 obviously cut it into quarters and they're big quarters, um, and we froze most of it. I think her uncle is supposed to make some uh, sauerkraut with with one of the quarters. Nice. Yeah, and I was thinking uh, coleslaw, all kinds of things that you could do with that cabbage. It's definitely food tastes better when you grow it yourself. And Addie, so many people here in Georgia want to grow vegetables so badly, and some just 
can't, whether the soil and the dirt isn't right or maybe they have pests or deer or rabbits that'll start to eat things before they're ready. So I am so proud of you and congratulations for growing that. So you got a scholarship, which means that you're going to hang on to that for years and years and that's going to be good when you go to college. (laughs) That's pretty neat. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Well, I hope you guys have a good holiday, and I'm so glad to have you on, Addie Lefebvre and her father, Daniel, and good morning to Mom Amy, who I'm sure is listening, too. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. And tell your teacher I said hello, okay, Addie? Okay. Great. Thank you guys so much. How fun. Getting kids involved in gardening is really inspiring. And, you know, when we sat down and brainstormed this show Uh, Back when it began in February of last year, that was kind of one of the things, getting younger folks excited about gardening and involved in gardening and even people in the city and millennials and folks that don't have the space. You know, like you heard Daniel say there, well, we don't have a huge yard. So we started this off in a pot, but then you had to kind of scramble and make do. You know, it got so big putting it into the ground, but some things you don't need a lot of space for. So really getting folks excited about the potentials of gardening. 404-872-0750. Thanks again to Daniel and Addie and congratulations. She is the winner for Georgia of the Bonnie Plants third grade cabbage program. All right. Up next, we're going to go out to the home of the dogs, Athens GA and talk to Craig. Craig, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How can I help you? We have four huge hydrangea bushes that are beautiful, and they bloom through the end of October. We decorated our house for Christmas, and now all we see are the dead stalks Mm -hmm. of the hydrangea in front of our house. I want to cut them down, but will I damage the bushes if I cut them now? So you're just kind of wanting wanting them just to not look as crazy. Are you going to keep the dried ones for displays or anything, or are you just ready to kind of prune them back? Well, I mean, there's no blooms on them now, but there's like dead stalks. Yeah. And they stick up above the porch, so you really don't see the Christmas decoration. Right. On the outside of the house. And they were the big, the mop head hydrangeas, right? They were the really pretty big blue ones. So now is not the time to cut them. Those we definitely want to cut when they're finished blooming. And I know some of the ones endless summer, you're absolutely right. They were blue up until about a month and a half ago. Um, be judicious, Craig, with the ones you cut back. You may get fewer blooms next year in the summertime, but you're certainly not going to damage the entire plant by any means, cutting it back a little bit. Just cut out, you know, select stems and you'll be fine. Um, and also folks that have panicle hydrangeas, the other type, the ones that are more conical shaped, and they bloom a little later in the season. Again, cut those back when they're finished blooming as well. Thanks for the call. 404-872-0750. We'll be back with more of your calls. You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB. It's Scott Slate. Did you know you can listen to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on Saturday mornings on your smart speaker? And me too, weekday mornings. Just tell your smart speaker, play 95.5 WSB, and we're on. 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Ashley. Still a lot of show left to give you. Ashley Frasca, Green and Growing, here with you on WSB until 9 o'clock this morning, and then not followed up by Dave Baker today, but rather the Mark Aram Show broadcasting live from the College Football Hall of Fame from 9 to noon, kind of the pre-show to the pre-game and tailgate that begins at noon. Of course, we're your home of the dogs with kickoff 
there at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Bulldogs and the Crimson Tide facing off to be SEC champs. That game at 4 o'clock this afternoon, 404-872-0750. So from Cabbage to poinsettias. We're going to be talking with Pike Nursery and Brittany Harper in about an hour. Everything about poinsettias, maybe some fun facts, care tips for those, and of course an update on their Christmas tree inventory if you are like me and you've just been too busy and you haven't gotten your tree yet. But my birthday is next week and so traditionally I always like to go get our tree right around my birthday. Uh, This weekend's super packed because of the football game and all these other things. So I will find time for that. All right, the weather update for your weekend, if you're planning your weekend, sponsored by Finley Roofing. You need to know today is going to be really pretty. Don't overdress. You don't need a jacket. You don't need a sweater. Highs are going to be in the low 70s. It's going to be sunny, warm, and breezy. Lows only getting down to around 51, so still really pleasant. Tomorrow, we've got some showers moving in late in the day. High of only 67, 30% chance of rain, and then scattered showers in the forecast for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Green and Growing growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. Okay, number one. Inspect your fruit trees. If you've got some of those, um, now is the time to maybe trim out some limbs that look dead, that are crossing over one another, that aren't serving any purpose. You can see a little bit better the silhouette now that the leaves have fallen off. But be sure good hygiene practices for your garden and your orchard. Be sure to remove any molded fruit that's still remaining at the base of the tree. Rake up those old leaves and branches and all of that because all that does is harbor disease over the winter time. Number two, plant herbs and time for holiday use. You do need a sunny window though. And if you don't, then you can buy the, you know, fluorescent lights and things that you're going to be able to clamp on, but that gets kind of um, cluttered, you know, if you, if you don't have the right space for it. But if you do, they need a lot of light. So an average south-facing window is probably going to provide adequate light. You can certainly go check out something like basil or tarragon, chives, oregano, rosemary. Maybe some of you have had rosemary in a, a large pot, you know, over the warmer months and you're able to bring that in and overwinter that because that's an evergreen that's going to last forever number three spot spray or dig out chickweed violets and wild onions now large patches of that pesky winter annual weed are easy to see in fescue lawns right now they stick out like a sore thumb so a light spot spraying with a broadleaf weed killer like weed be gone or weed beater ultra that'll kill the chickweed without harming the fescue lawn and just you know keep in mind walter and i talked earlier in the show about a pre-emergence herbicide we have kind of closed the window on when you needed to apply that to be mindful of preventing chickweed better late than never but it's not going to be as effective now but those post-emergence herbicides the things you spray once you already see the weeds growing like chickweed just read the label make sure you're applying it at the right time in the right amount and on the right lawn. 404-872-0750. A half hour of your calls coming up. You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB. Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries on 95.5 WSB. on your Saturday morning. Really glad you are here. Thanks for waking up with us. It's Green and Growing. I'm Ashley Frasca. And of course, you are listening to 95.5 WSB. And thank you no matter how you're listening. If you're in the car right now, listening on the radio, maybe through your smart uh, smart speaker 
or even perhaps online. If you're in another state, you're listening through WSBRadio.com. Really appreciate that. And, of course, the show is podcasted later on. Um, If you miss any parts of it or you just don't get up early on a Saturday morning, I get it. I feel you. So Spotify, Google Play, um, Apple iTunes, all of those things, that's where you can find Green and Growing. And I think you have to listen to one commercial, and then you can get the rest of the 30 minutes uh, commercial free. So it's pretty fantastic. 404-872-0750. I cannot have a show without your garden observations and your garden questions. So love it if you call 404-872-0750 and get to the front of the line. And some of you just may not even be thinking about gardening this weekend because you are running around. You're trying to get decorated for Christmas. You're headed to Pike Nursery later today if you haven't already to get that live tree. And then you're like, well, I got to get it in. I got to go to the water. I got to decorate it. I got to put the lights on it. Don't get overwhelmed. Do be sure to slow down and enjoy the spirit of the season. Don't get overwhelmed with the parties you have to go to and all the food you have to make and the gifts you have to bring. Really just take time to slow down. This is most of our favorite times of the year for sure. And it's a big day for our Georgia Bulldogs facing off against the Alabama Crimson Tide for the SEC Championship matchup at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Kickoff at 4 o'clock today, so I know where many of you will be right there in front of your television sets or listening right here to Scott Howard now your voice of the dogs on 95.5 WSB. So I worked for the Athletic Association when I was a student there at UGA 2001 through 2005, maybe. Worked for the Athletic Association for two or three years and loved working in the sports information department. And so I was at the SEC game working on the sidelines in 2005 when Coach Richt was coach of the Bulldogs. I think he was in like his fourth season at that point. Uh, we beat LSU at the Georgia Dome, so nothing but good vibes. That score was 34-14, to 14, and uh, we were like 10-3 and three that season, I think, and still had you know a really good record in conference play as well. Went on to face West Virginia in the 2006 Sugar Bowl, one of those first weeks of January. Unfortunately, we lost that, but that's not going to be the case this year. This year is our year for sure. So a little earlier, had a Craig call from Athens. And Craig had a question about those beautiful, endless summer hydrangeas, right? And so you're really going to be able to tell the difference. And uh, you know it when you buy it. But the endless summer hydrangeas are, you know, the mop head, the pretty blue color. If you've done nothing to change the soil, you're going to get that blue, those big, puffy mop head blooms. But endless summer has been hybridized such that it continues to rebloom. And so it's a little tricky for folks to know when the right time to prune it is. So... They don't require any pruning day-to-day at all. Uh, If you prune too much, though, like we were talking to Craig about, you're removing potential blooms. If you prune to shape the plant or maybe cut the blooms for, like, fresh hydrangea arrangements, just don't over-prune. And that was kind of what I was telling him. So, yeah, you can get some of those unsightly stems out of the way so you can see your front porch, so you can see your Christmas decorations. Just be judicious in what you cut. Uh, But the good thing about Endless Summer is they do bloom on old wood and new wood. And the traditional macrophylla, just the traditional big leaf hydrangeas before this series, they always bloomed on old wood. So you've got a little bit of both with the endless summer. And if you live in an area with freezing temperatures, it's just a good idea to plan to protect those. And I know it's hard to think about that right now. I just told you it's going to be 70 degrees today. But since endless summer hydrangeas bloom on last year's growth, on old wood, as well as current season's growth, what we call the new wood, you get most flowers by protecting the flower buds on the old wood. So don't prune things. We said this about a month or two ago. 
generally not pruning a lot of shrubs after, say, the middle to the end of August, because what you're doing there is telling the plant to grow some more. It's still warm, still getting a lot of sun. Soil temperatures are still, you know, pretty high up there in August. So as you're pruning, it's putting off new growth, and all that's doing is leaving that new growth vulnerable for when the weather did get cold. You know, we had a couple of cold snaps, certainly at the end of October and more into November. Leaving the fall blooms on the plants over the winter provides winter interest and ensures you're not removing buds that, you know, are going to become flowers in the spring and the summer. And don't forget to just good general care for hydrangeas, gardenias, all these kinds of things. Uh, leaves, wood mulch, or straw, good options to insulate the plants. That does a lot more than you think. Mounting the mulch or the leaves around the plants um, protect all of that, you know, and make sure that you're going to have some flowers next year. But as with anything, when we mulch shrubs or trees or anything, you don't need to get right up to the trunk or the main stem necessarily, but definitely have it down around the root zone. 404-872-0750. Up to North Fulton County, we go to Alpharetta and say good morning to Bill. Hey, welcome to the show. Good morning, Ashley. What's going on? I would like to know, I would like to know if I cover areas of my vegetable garden that I'm not going to use until next spring with black plastic and leave it on all winter. I know it won't cover the seeds that are down deep, but will that make the surface seeds uh, germinate from the warmth from the sun warming up to black plastic and then die? Uh, help to clear out some of the weed seeds on the surface. So are you wondering if it's going to accelerate what is there? I'm wondering if it's going to kill it. I'm trying to get rid of weeds. You know, it, it is kind of a greenhouse effect there, Bill, because the black plastic does hold in all of that heat and it has nowhere to escape. So, yeah, I mean, I think it, it you may have a good chance of it frying it. And this now, you know, being predicted that this is going to be a pretty mild winter, so it is going to be warmer than we're used to. So do you have any other options for Ooh. weed control? Yeah. That may be well, a better bet than the black plastic. I understand. Uh, All right. Thank you. Goodness. I'm so sorry to not give you better news, but you're smart to think that too, you know, and definitely do the research folks when you want to use frost cloths for things for protection and also making sure, you know, to uh, keep the weeds at bay too. the differences in black plastic and the effects of clear plastic and all of that. Um, be very mindful of that. 404-872-0750. So talking about houseplants too, now's really the time of year when you're getting into thinking about that. You're starting to put poinsettias in the house. You brought a lot of things in from the summertime and you're thinking, okay, I've got all these houseplants. You know, my house is crowded now with all these things that I want to keep alive. What do I need to do? Um, You know, advice hasn't changed um, since... Really, folks started being trendy with houseplants as early as the 50s and the 60s. And I just think it's so cool. I found this book that my mom had, The Woman's Day Book of Houseplants, that was originally published in 1963. And I've just laid in bed at night kind of looking through this. And some of the advice for it, of course, is timeless on how to care for houseplants. And you've got so much else going on right now. I think one of the last things you want to do is be worried about that too. But the good thing is you can kind of let off the gas a little bit with houseplants this time of year because they're kind of doing what a lot of plants are doing, just kind of hibernating for a little bit, shutting down, not being told to bloom, not going to stress themselves to do too much. So that means that it's a little easier on you as well. So slack off on watering houseplants. You don't need to do it near as much 
as what you're accustomed to when they're in that sunny window in the spring and in the summertime. But always a good rule of thumb. You know, I mean, I think once a week is sufficient for most But rather than doing it on a set schedule, you know, that's probably what you don't need to do is, oh, every Wednesday I water the houseplants and walk through, you know, the dining room where they are, that eastern or that southern facing window. But just always checking it with your finger, sticking your finger in the top of the soil, making sure that if it comes back up to your knuckle dry, that's a great time to water it and watering more deeply than frequently. So when you do water, make sure it's a really good watering and you don't have to just do a little bit at a time here and there multiple times a week. No, that's that's a little bit of a headache. Doing that and cutting back on the fertilizer as well. Um, you are going to have some houseplants right now, like poinsettias maybe. You're going to go ahead and scoop some of those up at Pike Nursery. They could you know, use a little bit of fertilizer because they're actively growing right now. They're kind of forced into to growing this time of year for us because we're not in that tropical climate where they're grown and harvested in Mexico and places such as that. But uh, most houseplants are not going to require any feedings right now for sure because they're they're just not actively growing. There's no need to it. But always a good idea to be on the lookout for the pests. Of course, we still have mites and aphids and things, white fly that you may have seen that came in from the outdoors. And I think you're really lucky if maybe you were a little late in bringing your houseplants in. There was really only one or two cold nights that I was afraid, oh gosh, I can't leave the aloe out or I can't leave the geranium out. Um, but I did, and they actually made it just fine. It hasn't gotten really that cold yet, so you're okay to still do that. Just be mindful of the pests. Um, we had John from Peachtree City. He called in just a moment ago, and Ann made a note for me, cutting back knockout roses. So if the question was about when to cut them back, that's a great question, John, because much like the hydrangeas that Craig called about, they're looking a little unruly right now. The knockouts are. Mine still have some petals lingering on them, but they're starting to really lean toward the sun. They're really starting to lean toward the east because of, you know, us having less daylight now during the day with the time change and everything like that. So cut them back as you need to right now, but just a little bit. And it's probably a better idea if they're trailing over a walkway or someplace that they're getting in the way. It's probably a better idea to tie them back rather than really cutting them back right now. The ideal time for me, what I put on my calendar and what I've always got in my brain Knockout roses I prune around Valentine's Day. Really easy to remember, super easy to remember, and those are so forgiving. You cut them back to only 12 inches high. That's it. You've got this big four or five foot bush right now, taking it all the way back to 12 inches high, and it's going to be perfectly fine. It's going to rebound great for you in the spring and summer right now. Just careful what you prune. Not a whole lot, but maybe think about tying it back and keeping it out of the way. 404-872-0750. Coming up, we'll talk to Rebecca and Roswell about an azalea and your questions and phone calls as well. 404-872-0750. I'm Ashley Frasca. It's Green and Growing on WSB. 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news, weather, and traffic team will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get back to work on time and informed. Now back to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. I think it's a great weekend for football, don't you? The Bulldogs and the Crimson Tide facing off today at Mercedes-Benz Stadium at 4 o'clock. And then a quick turnaround. Hats off to the crew at Mercedes-Benz because they got to get that field ready to go for the Falcons on Sunday, tomorrow, as they host Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That kickoff tomorrow at 1 o'clock. I'll be at that game, and uh, I don't know. It's going to be fun to 
watch Tom Brady play, I suppose. I, I don't really have high expectations for it. But it's going to be a good day for the Bulldogs today, nonetheless. It's going to be a great day for your weather, too. Brought to you by Finley Roofing today. Only partly cloudy, warm, breezy, high of 71. And tomorrow, some clouds move in. 30% chance for showers late in the day. Green, green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. In just a minute, we're going to take Rebecca's call about azaleas. But first, number one, I want you to spot spray and dig out the chickweed that you see right now, even violets, wild onions, large patches of chickweed, that pesky winter annual weed. Very easy to see in like fescue lawns right now. And you can also do a broadleaf weed killer, spray it with Weed Be Gone, Weed Beater Ultra uh, by Bonide, something like that. That kills the chickweed without harming your fescue lawn. Number two, look at your fruit trees. Stand back, see what needs to be cut out, any dead wood, dead limbs. Be sure to remove anything from underneath the tree. Old fruit, maybe, or old leaves. Just rake those up and dispose of those. You don't want to harbor and overwinter any disease. And number three, plant herbs in time for holiday use. And it's a good gift idea, too, if you can get really crafty with giving someone a gift set with the pots and the soil and the herbs and the seeds and everything they need for that. Uh, A sunny window, though, something like south-facing window, that should probably provide enough adequate light for you. All right, 404-872-0750. Rebecca calling from Roswell. Hey there, good morning. Good morning. So what's your question about an azalea? Um, I have an ever blooming azalea, and um, <clears throat> we had cut a tree that always kept it from not blooming so much. And so this fall, it bloomed like the best it ever good did. And so now I'm wondering if I I haven't really cut it back because this is the first time it's gotten big. Mm-hmm. Am I too late? Because I mean, it was only been like a few weeks since it stopped. You know, it's funny you call about Encore azaleas because we did talk about endless summer hydrangeas as well. And these kind of defy the typical logic of what, you know, traditional native azaleas and the pruning schedule for those, just as if, you know, regular macrophylla mop head hydrangeas, but then you've got the endless summer. So it's like, yeah, well, I'm supposed to prune when they're done blooming, but they're not done blooming because they they re-bloom. And uh, Encore azaleas are great for that because they do bloom repeatedly, but still follow that rule of thumb, Rebecca, where you want to prune after spring flowering. So that's going to be the first burst of flowers, and that's when we need to cut back the azaleas is when they're done blooming. You will still have blooms continuously throughout the summer and even up to you know, the last month or so. But the tricky thing about pruning in the fall, you're clipping off the buds that the plant has already set. And those buds are just going to hang out on that plant all winter long and then just know when the time is right to start opening in the spring. So as you're cutting it back, you don't even need to. But if you need to, to reduce the size or whatever, start with just a few thinning cuts. That's when you just go all the way down to the end of a stem that's maybe too long, growing out the middle, Kind of thin it out a little bit so it gets some good air circulation so the leaves aren't crowding one another. Um, but really, Encore azaleas, very little pruning required. I think they're going to grow happier and happier now that you've taken care of the tree that was shading them out and they're able to get more sun. Don't really need any deadheading throughout the year either. So that's the good news. Thanks for the call. We'll be back. More of your calls to Green and Growing. Call now. Get to the front of the line. 404-872-0750.